0: Welcome friends to another r slash pro revenge video. Today we've got a second chance of getting revenge against a former boss. But first a story from reckless battery burns. Homophobic mom? I solved that problem at my wedding. I, 21, non-binary, got married to my wife, 22 year old female, three weeks ago. I would never let my mom know I was dating a woman because her abusive self would definitely whoop me for being a lesbian. So I was always in the closet when I was younger, due to my mother's raging homophobia. For the wedding, I decided to leave said closet in style out of spite. I then talked to my then-fiancé, who happily agreed, stating her reason to be how sucky homophobia is, and we came up with a plan. When it was time to send out the wedding invitations, most people got a nice picture of me and my wife, with her in a dress and me in a tux. However, our mother got a different picture. It was still me and my wife, but this time it was from the knee down. She was definitely convinced I was the one in the dress. My mom wanted to go dress shopping, but I declined, reminding her that my tastes in dresses and hers were much too different. She hesitantly agreed to not go with me. Finally, on the day of the wedding, everyone was in their seats, and they saw me standing in front of them with my good old tux. My mom just stared at me with a confused look on her face. Then I smirked and looked behind everyone else. My mom turned and saw my wife in her lovely dress. She was definitely horrified. When all the, if you have an objection, speak now stuff came up, she was dead silent. At the reception, she started yelling at me, calling me a petty little witch for tricking her. I just laughed and reminded her of all the times she'd said, I'll love you no matter what, and told her that she shouldn't lie. What do you guys think is reasonably better, inviting your homophobic parent to your wedding and having that drama unveil, or just straight up not inviting them at all because you know there's going to be drama? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is from Musical Stools. I was here. I went to a woman's cube to ask her a question, and she wasn't there. I had just sat down in her chair and started writing the question on a post-it note to leave for her when she came around the corner and started going ape crap at me. Don't sit in my chair, don't use my pen, those are my post-it notes, etc. I waited until she went home and wrote I was here over and over on a whole stack of post-its. Then I hid them all over her office. They were in every book, every drawer, underneath her keyboard, every place I could think of. She was finding them for months. To be fair, in this situation I highly treasure my own personal space. I'm not outgoing. I don't like people invading a my space. I don't like people touching my stuff that I don't know. If you went back to your office or your cubicle, somebody sitting in your chair writing a note on one of your post-it notes, would you be a little upset too? I feel like I would, honestly. I don't know if I would lash out about it, though. Our next story is from Reddit1890234. Landlord complains about my incompetence in depositing rental check in his checking account. I deposit my monthly rental check directly into his checking account because he's so hard up for money he wants it the same day. I've always been early and even pay him months in advance when he's short. Good example of this, October of 2021, he needed extra money and asked if I could prepay the month of November and December. I said, sure, no problem, and went ahead with it. In July, I deposited as normal, and on my check, it's written out for $740 plain as day, and the writing is for $740. Paid it on July 29th for August's portion. I didn't check the deposit slip, and the teller had Finger the deposit for $440 instead of $740. If you look at the 10 keypad, you'll see that the 7 is on top of the 4. The landlord calls and complains that I didn't pay the full amount, to which I politely inform him I did. He left me a nasty voicemail on how irresponsible I was, and it was my fault his bills were all in disarray. Further fueling my anger, he sends me a letter demanding I send the month of September, October, November, and December immediately. He mentioned his car died a few months back and needed a good down payment, which I believe the demand of four months of rent. Well guess what I did this week, I mailed him a check instead of depositing it, and now he has to find a ride to the bank to deposit it. When you have it nice, don't be a jerk about it. This would be really good revenge like maybe 10-15 years ago. I don't know if OP knows, but most banks now just let you take a picture of a check and will let you deposit it. I mean, I guess if it's over a certain amount, which I assume four months of rent, they might not accept it, but some banks even do with high amounts. Although a more important question is why is OP prepaying for rent? Couldn't this landlord kick OP out with a month's notice, and what, is OP gonna have to like fight for their money back as they prepaid for December in September? Our next story is from Steel Snapdragon. My neighbor stole our doormat, so now I steal his. So this all started when I got back from visiting home. First thing I noticed is my home sweet home mat, cheesy I know, had been swapped with my neighbor's super crappy one. My roommate is very non-confrontational and had done nothing. I switched them back, but they kept switching it. I was super annoyed, but I noticed my front door had a gap so the mat could sit right inside. Basically, they couldn't steal it anymore, feeling petty. I didn't switch the crap mat back and kept it. They noticed and eventually took it back, but now I keep taking it. I mean, they didn't want it, right? They gave it to me in the first place. After weeks of this, today they came home and heard them yell about it and move theirs back again before slamming their door. It's some of the pettiest crap I've ever done, but I don't plan on stopping it since they asked for it. If you really want a nice doormat, go spend 15-20 bucks on a brand new one, they're not that expensive, and leave your neighbor's doormat alone. You'll have your very own nice, shiny, new-looking doormat. And again, it's not even that expensive. How much of a klepto can you be? Our next story is from MundaneFix336. My house help helped herself to my contraband alcohol, so I fixed it. I worked in a country where I couldn't have my family and alcohol was prohibited, so we got it from the underground economy at a crazy cost. And I perfected the art of stretching a bottle to cover a month of lonely nightcaps. After a while, my bottles never lasted a month, so I monitored closely by placing a mark and skipping shots for a week. Sure enough, the level steadily decreased, so I had some shots and then popped in five Dolkalax tabs. Needless to say, my house help couldn't come to work for a couple of days as she reported a stomach bug. My facial treats were Estee Lauder products, and once again I detected some mischief, so I used one jar to the end and then filled it with Vet. Next time my house help reported for work, she had no eyebrows or eyelashes. I didn't ask, she didn't tell, but I terminated her services in case she figured it out and decided to retaliate. Imagine the gall of going and stealing facial products, having all of your facial hair basically burnt off, and then still showing back up to work and trying to act like nothing happened, that you missing all of your facial hair is just a normal thing, not talking about it. I mean, I guess you need the work, right? By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Our next story is from read undo, Pretty sure I ruined my ex's life with this one. My ex-boyfriend never got to finish his senior year of high school, and ultimately, I ruined his chances on a good life. Maybe? Backstory, I was 17 year old female and he was 17 year old male. When I met this guy, we connected off the bat. However, he was an incredibly bad influence on me. He vapes, so when we started dating, he got me into vaping and smoking. Ever since, I've been fighting the addiction. It's actually been two months now and things are getting better for me, and I've even been feeling more healthy. However, at the time, the nicotine addiction really drove me at my lowest and was affecting my work and grades for school. Want to know why? Because he actually told me if I helped him with his schooling, meaning doing his homework and tests since we were hybrid at school during COVID, that he would do all the great things for me take me on dates, walks at the park, heck, even would help us with our arguments. Since we had them a lot after the high school honeymoon phase, our relationship became worse throughout the months. I had nobody and he had all his friends. He forbid me from talking to my old friends and said he would expose some pretty heavy stuff about me. I was scared, especially since he had proof, so I would just shut up and do his homework and try to squeeze in my own. One night in particular, he actually told me in my car that he was tired of me. This was close to the finals our senior year. He was still failing because we grew distant and I was trying to focus on my own stuff. So he took control of his own homework. He said he wanted to be single. I was obviously livid. I felt used. But one thing that just threw me off the edge was when he said he was going to break up with me. But not until I take all of his finals and pass them online that he'll delete the pictures of me, inappropriate ones, as well as keep my secrets that are pretty detrimental. Remind you, I was hurt. He was my first young love. My world was strictly him. It's sad, so I agreed, thinking he would feel bad and not break up with me. But all things come to an end when you snap. He was supposed to take me to prom to put up an act for my family and his, not for sure why, Doesn't make sense, but it was a plan, I guess. Anyways, after buying a dress with $200 of money I worked for, got my hair and makeup done, my mom hired a photographer, he ended up telling me he couldn't do it anymore, and ended up taking this other girl that was supposedly his best friend. Yeah, they ended up hooking up, and his friend sent me the pics. You bet my butt I was livid. Now, you're probably here to know how I possibly screwed my ex out of a good life. Well, remember those finals? Yeah, I made him fail all of them, all zero percent. And for fun, I made a tinder and matched with his dealer. He was pissed with the fact that I had a tinder. But when I told him he should look at his grades, he actually lost it. Started posting my pictures all over snapchat, told his friends and they told their friends so on. But the crazy part was, nobody actually cared. I in fact had more of his friends on my side afterwards because they thought he was a psycho. Little did they know. Anyways, he texted me three months into my new relationship, which me and this new guy are great. We know boundaries and have respect for each other and our friends. Yeah, turns out he had to retake every class. His mom kicked him out, so he had to get a job and try to retake those classes. He ended up just dropping out completely and now works at a factory job for $12 and something an hour. Lives in his car. I felt bad but he had no way to prove to the school or anyone that it was actually me who took those tests and not him since it was done on his school computer. By far the most pettiest crap I've ever done. Let's be clear, all of that stuff getting out for OP would be devastating. The pictures, the secrets, I can't imagine the amount of trauma that comes from having that stuff shared around. But once you get past that initial wave, this guy is screwed in every way. There's only one place this could have come from, and their motivations for leaking this would probably come to light or at least be on the table to be discussed. Our next story is from Childless Camper. Crazy cat neighbor doesn't want to accept the open invitation of feeding her outdoor-only cats outside. I want to preface this by saying that I'm ultimately in the wrong in this situation, but that doesn't mean I'm going to sit back and take all the blame. I have an indoor-outdoor 2-year-old cat, Rue, who is admittedly an absolute nuisance and has done a great job at painting me as a jerk cat mom to the neighbors. Most of my neighbors are now absolutely cool with him since he's a great personality to have around. I live in a semi-rural neighborhood and everyone has plenty of space, but still within Rue's roaming radius. Rue enjoys hanging out with the neighbors and their pets while doing outside chores. One neighbor in particular is within this radius and is bat poop crazy. Crazier than the standard crazy of the town. In the beginning of June, my cat would come back scruffed up. I didn't think much of it since we have ground squirrels and other small creatures he's most likely hunting during his daylight outside allowance. Strict, no night roaming. We have predators like coyotes and large birds of prey, but my cat has learned to be sly in his own ways. I do accept all the consequences that come with having an outdoor pet, as sad as some of those outcomes might be. One day, I find a weird abscess on his chin, and I take him to the vet. It could have been from another cat, but I wasn't aware of any nearby at the time. He's fine, and life moves on. A few days later, Rue's missing his collar, and I get a call from the crazy neighbor. She tells me he's been coming over to her house and eating the food she puts out for her outdoor-only cats and is causing fights. I'm not too surprised, but I'm also not happy about Rue's behavior. I apologize, explain his derpy character, and he's just very interested in the food made available to him. He knows the food is there, so maybe if you remove it he should get the idea and leave you alone. Her defense is it's her property and she can do as she pleases and she's going to keep putting the food out. True, so I keep my cat inside for the next two months. I start letting him out again for the past week hoping that she'd forgotten about the food. Ha. Yesterday morning, I hear the cat scuffle. I immediately go down the road to her gate and see her swinging around a broom. She is pissed. I get her attention and she starts screaming at me. Get off my property. I'm not on it. I'm going to get a BB gun and shoot your cat. Legal. He killed my 14-year-old cat. Impossible. I've been searching the yard for its body for weeks. Good luck with that. I'm going to call animal control. That last part? Deal. I'll beat you to it. I call animal control and give them my side. My defense is that if she doesn't want unwanted animals on her property, why does she have an open buffet? Surely that's attracting more creatures than just my cat, which could be considered a community hazard. Her outdoor-only cats should be vaccinated. Or if they're feral, the town has some sort of program. The officer scolds me that it's my responsibility to keep my cat off their property and it's her business to do what she wants on her private property. If it's raccoons or possums or feral cats, it's the Department of Wildlife's problem. False, I call them two for clarity. This is all well and true that it's me who needs to act, but cats don't know property lines. They just know where free food is. My only recourse is to keep Rue locked inside, which is what I'm doing. Now, I find it unfair that I'm taking the brunt of this. Cue the petty revenge. Ingredients, peanut butter, burr. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number Store or sleepnumber.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash storytime pod. Birdseed and a slingshot. I'm just going to inflate your open buffet and invite all the nuisance creatures by slinging bird bombs near their property. The guy at the hardware store was wonderfully helpful. Slaps a bag, this is what you want. It's the cheapest and will attract all the things. All the birds, all the varmint, all the bugs. My original idea started with skunks but my house feels a little too close and we might experience some whiplash. By the way, I rent, but my landlord lives on the property as well. I have full support of any revenge of my choosing, including the skunks. I've already slung a few bird bombs over there and it's been really great watching the influx of wildlife we can now all enjoy. The only disappointing thing about this revenge is cats are obviously predators. You invite these raccoons, possums, birds to this house. If there are outside cats roaming around, they'll probably try to hunt and go after these other animals. I mean, I don't know about raccoons and stuff. Those are kind of big, but definitely birds. And then also, you're conditioning all this wildlife to be dependent on your peanut butter bird seed bird bombs. Whatever wildlife is starting to crawl into that yard is going to keep crawling back hoping, you know, this is our magical food source. Our next story is from Do Ask, 1220 Homophobic mother-in-law. The post about the homophobic mom at the wedding made me think of this story. My wife, 36-year-old female, and I, 35-year-old female, got married last year. My wife was kicked out of her parents' house at 16 because she was a lesbian grew up in a very close-minded town, and any girlfriend and even her ex were called her friend, never acknowledged as a significant other. Over time, with therapy, love, and support, my wife had started to mend relationships with my mother-in-law and father-in-law. Fast forward to our wedding, my wife went out on a limb, would have previously have never even entertained this thought due to the lack of relationship, and asked her mom to do a mother-daughter dance with her to mama by Boys to Men. Her mother told her it felt it was inappropriate to slow dance with another woman that way and it made her really uncomfortable cue me wondering what kind of wedding she thinks she's attending but i digress petty revenge was a three-way dance with my wife myself and my mother who loves and accepts her to the exact same song my wife also danced to another song with her aunt mother-in-law's sister who has always been super supportive of her her mom sat looking so bothered the entire reception, and some people were aware of the situation, so she just looked like a total ignorant jerk. Her negative presence was overshadowed by the outpouring of love for my wife and I from everyone else, and it was the sweetest revenge. It would be overly petty to like let it tip to more people as to why the mom's just sitting off to the side. But man, is it satisfying to know anybody out there that knows the truth, knows that she's just being insufferable and must be like chewing themselves up inside, sitting off to the side watching these ladies dance and celebrate. And our final story of the day is from Felipe Meyer, I thought I was done with my revenge till my former boss gave me a second chance years later. This happened a few years back and recently the whole ordeal just gained some new ramifications. So be advised, it's a long tale, part one, where I caused my old boss to lose a buttload of money due to software piracy. A little context, I'm a teacher with a degree in advertising and have been involved with IT for the past 20 something years. Although I found my love for teaching just some 10 years ago, I passed through a lot of schools in the meantime, from the big ones to the smallest ones, and accumulated a bunch of experience both in the classroom and behind the scenes designing workbooks, video courses, learning platforms and such. So I started thinking it was past the time to migrate to a management position. The opportunity came in a prestigious school of digital art, and I became its teaching manager, overseeing all the teachers and the intern learning routines. It was a hard but honest job, for a time. Soon it became obvious that my boss was not exactly what he tried to present to students and employees. He would display bursts of anger and antagonize the team, demanding impossible results and asking about tasks that he never assigned. But somehow it was our job to guess. One time during a meeting, he grabbed a big chair and pretended to throw it across the room. It was his idea of a joke. Nobody even flinched, because nobody doubted for a second he was capable of actually doing the deed. Needless to say, nobody laughed as well. In my country, employers may hold employees' contracts up to three months, which means that for 90 days, you have no job security and may be fired at any moment without any consequence to the company, which my boss reminded everyone all the time, half-joking, trying to keep everybody on their toes. He actually excused me from this treatment, he had a bad habit of treating his managers differently, and gave me constant praise for a good job till the day my temp contract ended meaning I was then an actual employee with full benefits and couldn't be fired without him paying me everything the law stated. So it really surprised me when he started the hostile treatment not 24 hours after my temporary contract ended and the full employment began. Gone were the praises and in their place came screams, bad reviews, and more and more insane demands. We paid an outside company to do maintenance on the classroom PCs every week But somehow bugs and crashes were now my fault. One time he made me stay after hours on a Saturday after all students and staff had left and prohibited me from going home before I had all computers running smoothly. He asked me to find him a new seller and I introduced a friend, making it clear that by no means I was asking for him to be hired. I was just making introductions and if he liked the guy after they talked, it was his own decision and responsibility to hire him or not. A few weeks later, he gave me an earful for going for drinks with this friend of mine, saying that managers should stick with managers and that I should mingle with him, not the staff, because they were beneath us, apparently. I said this was absurd, reminded him that I've known this guy for years already and that if he wanted to, he could join us for drinks anytime. It was not the response he expected. The abuse continued and actually intensified, One day I started to feel chest pains and my left arm went completely numb. While my friend called for an ambulance, I retreated to my boss's office, at the time being occupied by his fiance and calmly told her, ''Don't mind me, I think I'm having a heart attack, so I'll just lay here for a few minutes so the students can't see me.'' Of course, she went nuts after this. The good news, it wasn't a heart attack, but an anxiety attack, and wasn't the last one. I was 36 at the time and it was the first time i saw my mom cry since my dad passed more than 20 years prior from of course a heart attack i decided enough was enough so i gave my 30 days notice citing health issues i hadn't yet completed six months working there i sat down with my boss did not blame him in any way but said the stress was making me worry about leaving my family too soon and gave him every guarantee he needed that I would work through my entire notice period in order to complete every single project we had started since my hiring. So I finished updating the courses, finished the development of our brand new e-learning platform, finished hiring the teachers for the next semester. I even shot videos to promote every single course on the school's menu. Less than a week left till my last day, he called me into his office to show the company's new career plans. I don't know the equivalent term in English, but it's the path planned by the company for the growth of each position. So you see, that's what you're going to earn in a few months. That is, if you stop being a sissy and just do your freaking job. I could not believe it. After all the abuse, all the toxicity, I had tried to go to the higher road and end everything on a good note. And he called my health issues being a sissy? I was done. I told him to just deduct the next few days for my final payment and left. Now for the revenge. Remember how I introduced him to a friend and he actually hired the guy? On my final days, I announced my boss I would open my own school after leaving, but failed to mention that this other employee was my business partner. So when my friend asked himself for his 30 days notice, our boss went livid. He all but threw out my friend, telling him to never put his feet there again and leave immediately. According to the law, that means he had to pay for that whole month, plus every remaining day he worked before, plus commissions. Adding to that, my own last payment, which came to six months of benefits, had more than enough to start our new venture. But that's not the revenge. He actually made us sign a sort of NDA with a bunch of illegal clauses, which made the whole contract invalid, preventing us from revealing any company secrets during or after our time with them, at the risk of being fined $30,000, around $6,000 U.S. Dollars at the time. However, no contract in the world may prevent one, at least in my country, from reporting any illegal activities, which is why I did not worry one bit when I reported him and his school for having 50-plus PCs running on pirate versions of Windows, Office... The whole Adobe Suite, Revit, Cinema 4D, 3DS Max, and a lot of very other expensive software. Not long before this, a big and traditional chain of stores had gone bankrupt in our state for having to pay retroactively fines upon fines on Windows alone. So it's an understatement to say that the government was taking piracy pretty seriously at the time. It gets funnier when you realize that the reported person receives an email with this whole complaint apart from the author of the report, the minute it's filed, so he can prepare his defense. His response wasn't at all unexpected. Some five minutes after our report, a similar email came into our inbox, reporting us for 30 unlicensed copies of Windows and many other programs. My business partner still talked to the finance manager on our old job and... Knowing our ex-boss would probably be right beside him fuming and screaming, decided to send him a picture of our only classroom with no computer in sight. We decided to specialize in classes about comic book making, which dispensed computers, and whenever we would host a class that demanded it, we would ask our students to bring their own. A few weeks later, I heard that the whole remaining staff abandoned ship, leaving him with only an intern and a few teachers without permanent contracts. My former boss kept tabs on us and, learning that some of his teachers were contacting us to host special classes, started to blackmail them, threatening to terminate their contracts if they insisted on doing business with us, even though there was no exclusivity clause in their contracts. Some of them called on the bluff and he had to pay another crapload of money on breach of contracts alone. Time went by and I hear the guys counting his pennies and struggling to keep afloat. He used to open full classes each six months, occupying every date and time available. Now, he can hardly fill a turn, started holding only night classes and not even every day. Half the week he closes his doors, not having enough students nor the money to pay employees on these days. Before I left, he'd paid $40,000 on the architectural project alone to expand the business within a year, but now I hear he's considering closing his doors and offering only online courses even before the pandemic. And now for part two, where, years after my revenge, I made my ex-boss again pay a bunch load of money, this time on legal fees. First of all, I need to say that my own school has closed its doors. Me and my friend weren't a good fit, as business partners at least, and now we're not even friends, that's life. We cashed out, sold what could be sold, and each went on with our lives. I may even eventually write about my petty revenge against this guy, You can say I hold many grudges, but this tale's not about him. Some months later I found out our ex-boss was suing us. Our school, that is, which, as I mentioned, didn't even exist anymore. My ex-friend's sister, who's also a lawyer, contacted me and told me about it. I couldn't find anything about it on the public records since the lawsuit was running on court-ordered sigil. I talked to my own lawyer and she said, if they didn't cite you directly, pretend you know nothing about the matter and so I ignored the issue for a few years. During lockdown, the appointed official finally found me at home and served me. That also gave me access to my boss's claims since I had 15 days to prepare my defense. My wife found me laughing out loud in front of the computer. His claims were absolutely ridiculous. He claimed I stole his courses and used as proof a print from our now offline site side by side with his own, saying something in the lines of, it becomes obvious that both schools have the same courses. However, he presented no explanation of the similarities besides the names which weren't even the same. We had a segment of trainings under the umbrella graphic design, but no class with that specific name, for example, and no other class on any of his main subjects. Also, most of our classes were in the topic of comic books, which he never worked with. He also called us cynical for daring to compete with him in the same market, even if it was my own previous experience in the learning sector that landed me the job in his firm in the first place. At one point, the document cited a statement from our site, where we said that we took our previous experiences as a way to learn with our mistakes and do differently, and called it a confession of plagiarism. I asked my lawyer to let me write my own defense, leaving her the task to translate it to lawyerism. She actually copy-pasted my full statement, saying she couldn't have argued better. I put on paper all the repulse I felt, cited all my experience with teaching, and rebuked every single one of his claims with facts and actual proof, attaching printed conversations, saved emails, and bringing attention to his own lacking of proof. The judge tossed the case and made him pay all the legal fees, including my lawyers. He could have avoided it if he had entered the lawsuit in small claims court, but since he wanted the 30000 from the NDA, plus damages and sigil, he had it coming. Just another shove of dirt on his coffin. Honestly, you can tell me any story of somebody who is a total jerk, who's going to personally attack anybody and not care about anybody below them. And hearing a story of that person below them not only doing bigger and better things in the exact same field as them, but also getting their comeuppance against them, there's nothing more satisfying than a story like that. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.